haven't had that much to drink yet. I don't know. I've only had a can. A can. Just one. I know. And I ate so many nugs beforehand. Like, my stomach is just absorbing all of it. It's just nugs and beer. It's nugs and beer in my tum-tum. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real good tum-tum to have, though. It is, though. Like, I'm feeling real good right now. And also miserable. That's why I had to put on sweatpants. Yeah. I mean, you ate a lot of nugs and waffle fries, so. I ate a kindergartner's dinner <laughs> you really did that's like a lunchroom dinner <laughs> i had that i had that dinner 30 years ago and i'm still eating it now uh, i wish i could go back to six-year-old maggie it's like don't worry you make it you still get to eat nugs but you eat vegan nu- nugs now yeah so. now i'm all like but they're gonna be vegetarian now, now i know that sounds scary but yeah. uh, trust me adult nugs are delicious yeah. they're gonna come a long way adult socially responsible nugs yes. are quite good Socially sourced. Yeah. It's fine. Actually, I did have a, a dilemma to the, or the other day at Ikea because I really liked this one blanket because uh, I want to get a new duvet and duvet cover. Uh-huh. Bougie. Mm-hmm. And then I I really wanted this one. And it, it was like made out of recycled materials or whatever and it was uh-huh. so good, but didn't have any more of it. And then I was like, but I really want a duvet. Well, and I looked at the other one and it was like, down. And I'm like... I know that, it's that's made the exact of... opposite of what you want. <laughs> it's like, I know it's dead birds, but I want it. Here, the socially and economically responsible uh, duvet. But, oh, sorry, we're fresh out. Can we interest you in this murder comforter? <laughs> murder comforter is like the best band name because it's a fucking oxymoron. Are you going to eat all the foie gras while you sit on your murder comforter? <laughs> There was a time that I would have, though. Yeah. Totally. When I was eating that shit, was delicious. It's meat butter. It's it's awful, though. It's I've great. never had it, so I can say it's awful. So Yeah. I never want to eat it. I'm, I'm okay with that. But also, let's remember the name Murder Comforter <laughs> for, like, our bluegrass band. Yeah. That's going to be our bluegrass band, yeah, Murder our, Comforter. It's, it's a goth bluegrass Oh my it's god. Black grass? Would be like a folky, like a dark folk bluegrass yeah. band. Yeah, dark folk bluegrass band. There we go. That's a thing though. Murder co- it is Murder now. Co- <laughs> it's definitely a thing. It's Let's- a thing now. Right. Don't you fucking steal it. That's ours. TM, that's ours. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Welcome to Rock Candy. <laughs> well, we're making names and we're keeping them. They're yeah, ours, they're even though ours. we're never gonna have those bands. Fuck you, don't take it. <laughs> we're your hosts, I'm Maggie. I'm Ashley. And this week, we have fan favorite. Our you favorite, guys, too, you honestly. Guys, you guys asked for it. You guys want it. We know you want it. We know you want it. Yeah. With consent. With consent. Now, that's what I call music. Four. I mean, it's accurate. It is. That's exactly what it is. 20 whole years ago, now that's what I call music for, was released. 20 years ago. In July. In July. So it is so. It is almost old enough to drink. But this was also, well, yeah, 20 years ago was also the first year that more than one now album came out in a year in the U.S. Oh, so it started with four and five? Four and five came out in 2000, yes. Wow. So this is why we had the dilemma. We had to choose which one. We did have and to choose I which one. And I argued for four because I did not know half the songs on five. And I thought I knew more songs on five than I knew on four. Turns out I know all the songs on four. Yeah, and arguably you got the better list because you got the evens. I got the odds. You got the better ones. But I let you have Hanson. 
you let me have Hanson, then then that's fine. And honestly, I have gone down a Hanson wormhole this past week. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's a wormhole I want to be in. Oh, it is totally a wormhole <laughs> I want to be in. I loved Hanson I know. back in the day. I still love Hanson. <laughs> Whatever. They're crazy evangelical Christians. I don't even oh, care. I don't care. That's sad. I don't think they're Trump supporters, though. Which is good. But we'll talk about it later on. Oh, God. Okay. We'll get to that one. Yeah, we can talk about all that later on. All right. Well, yes. I don't know. I got... I think I can make a case for this beer being slightly thematic. Because I'm drinking Frankie, Mm -hmm. which is the bright and spritzy, (laughs) fruity ale. Let's hear this uh, From Zero Gravity. (laughs) But the saying on it is everyone's summer crush and I mean, how oh, many of the yeah. artists on this list were okay. somebody's summer crush? True. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. Or like how many radio stations were called like Crush 97.7, <laughs> only playing the hottest hits of the summer. Really? We just put now four on and we're just playing it on repeat. <laughs> we'll also play now three and two and one. <laughs> Don't like it now, too yeah. bad. Stick it up your bunghole. Yeah. <laughs> That's a word we use. <laughs> Stick it up your fart knocker. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck. Yup. There you go. I feel like they use that in the Sandlot or something. Or like Little Giants, maybe? Maybe Little Giants. I know the Sandlot. No, yeah. Front. The Sandlot wouldn't have. It was, it, that's, so. a time, that's, a, that's a time piece. It is. So they and... wouldn't have used fart knocker back then. <laughs> <laughs> Disgraceful. So but yes, I think that this is a this is a perfect summer beer. We haven't really been We haven't been super thematic. No. I mean, maybe mine also is a little bit thematic because it's from Bad Seed Cidery. And how many of these bands have bad seeds in them? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, do we want to start talking about this album overall? Yes, cuz this is this is as every now album is a doozy. Oh, indeed. All right, so the 90s, am I right? Well, isn't it the 2000s? But really, most of these songs came out in 1999. 100%. And we were still like coming off the high of the 90s when the new millennium started. We were really excited that Y2K wasn't real. Yeah. I <laughs> knew it wasn't real, but like... We all, all knew right. it wasn't real. But there, even in the biggest of skeptic, there was always some voice inside the back of your head that's like, yeah, like the countdown is happening and you're sitting there and you're like, but what if, but what if we die? I mean, that was the best part, right? Like we didn't know it was actually going to happen. Yeah. We didn't really know, but, but it just sounded so stupid. Right. The computers don't know it's 2000. <laughs> they don't know how time works. They're going to sit off all the nukes. It's a fucking computer. <laughs> hey, stop kids. all the downloading. <laughs> if you stopped all the downloading, why 2K would it happen? Or maybe it would have. It's all, I'm going to blame it all on Lars Ulrich. Oh. Either way. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. Now that's what I call music for is literally the compilation of the new millennium being released on July 18th, 2000. In the year 2000. In the year 2000. I'm glad we both thought of that at the same time. (laughs) Anyone like who's in their 20s are like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
It was the first of the U.S. Now compilations that reached number one and was the first time a CD full of previously released songs debuted at number one in the United States. Yeah. But let's be clear here. They weren't all winners. Yeah, all these tracks made it through Y2K, (laughs) but do they really hold up 20 years later? Are they really all that in a bag of chips? (laughs) I'm sorry. I hate you. I hate you. Why am I here? (laughs) Well, fire up the dial-up internet and get your disc mans at the ready, because we're about to open a can of whoop-ass on this album. And believe us, it opens with a banger. That's very good. That's not a bad AOL. That's not a bad AOL sound effect. That's very good. I couldn't pay for the rights to... To play AOL sound effects, but I could make them with my shitty mouth. <clears throat> You've got mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, my friend's online. <laughs> That's a few years later. Okay? No, man, those aim noises though. Like when you heard the door open, you're like, who's online? Who's online? Do I want to talk to them? Oh my God. Should I put up a very cryptic away message that's totally directed at them, but I don't want them to know it's about them? I fucking hate aim. <laughs> But it's still not as bad as Facebook because you want to know why? Our parents didn't know how to use AIM. True. Our Boom. parents can use Facebook. Yeah. Murs. All of my relatives are on Facebook. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Let's go into track number one. The first one. Get we're ready. S- we're starting it off real good. Starting strong. Larger Than Life by Backstreet Boys. Oh my god, we're back again. Would you say there's only one Backstreet Boys song you like? Only one. And it's not this one. It's not this one. (laughs) It sure isn't. It's not a great song. Wait, aren't they in space? Yes, they are in space. Because they're larger than life? I guess. But it's supposed to be like really futuristic and really... I don't know, cool, and they're supposed to be kind of robots or controlling robots, but, like, it's kind of just sad. (laughs) It's just kind of sad. And the funny thing is, is that each band member has, like, their own scene, like... Nick Carter is like a robot that's dancing with an army of robots. Yes. And Kevin is like, he's in this like weird chair that like controls the spaceship they're on. Is he? What's his and face? And like AJ is like Dr. Octopus and whatever. It's like all these crazy things. And then Howie. Who's, who's the guy in the wheelchair? The guy in the wheelchair? I think that, I think you're thinking of Kevin. It's not a wheelchair. <laughs> but like it reminds me of, um, oh my God, the science guy in the wheelchair. The science guy in the wheelchair? <laughs> this is going to bother me. Stephen ha- Hawking. Stephen Hawking. <laughs> is he being Stephen Hawking in the video? God, what? <laughs> Why not? Sure. Okay. He's a fucking genius in the video. <laughs> I, yeah, in a wheelchair. You know what? That's an upgrade for him. U- upgrade. It is. An- no. I 
like Kevin. Okay. Wait, isn't Kevin the one who looks like too old to be in a boy band? He was too old to be in a boy band. He was 30 when this song came out. Oh, no, honey. But like, dude aged very well. Okay. And he is a very good singer. So good for him. All right. Good for you, Kevin. I'm sorry. Yeah. But also like... All of the guys get like really cool shit in this video, and then you just see Howie in a yellow suit and in a red room, and it's like he got like the Ronald McDonald room of the video, and it's so sad. Like they all had to pull out what their scenario was out of a hat, yep, and he like got one's like Ronald oh, McDonald room. Guys, this isn't space. Yeah, we ran out of ideas. You know, McDonald's in space. It's gonna be there. It is. Like, you're the biggest, like, fast food restaurant in space. It's cool. Billions of space burgers sold. (laughs) Space burgers. He literally looks like he's wearing oven mitts. (laughs) (laughs) He's Ronald McDonald in space. Anyway, I'm getting... Okay, we're enough of that. But what a way to start off the album, right? Yeah. All right. Indeed, out of all the songs on Now 4, Larger Than Life was probably the most successful, Released in early September 1999, the song, which was co-written by band member Brian Luttrell. Oh, was Brian. A, I know. Getting fancy. Ooh. Like, he's some big shot. It was a top 10 hit in over 14 countries. Even the music video was iconic, landing in the Guinness Book of World Records as the 14th most expensive video ever made. I do remember that. Eating up 2.1 million bucks in 90s money. Woof. That's so much 90s money. It translates to like 3.4 million in now money. But like present time money, not now. That's what I call music money. <laughs> Here, we're going to pay you guys in now bucks. <laughs> it's but like Monopoly money. money, but you know, even, even better. Even, or even more useless. Precursor to Bitcoin. Okay. Yeah. But don't think it was all fun and games recording this song. <laughs> Oh, no. Oh, no. The events leading up to the recording of their U.S. sophomore album, Millennium, was fraught with drama. If you had listened to our episode on Lou Pearlman, then you know that he was the mastermind behind such boy bands as Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. He was also stealing millions of dollars from under their noses. Between the Backstreet Boys debut in 96 and the release of Millennium in 99, they experienced unprecedented fame, along with unprecedented criticism. Oh. They figured out Lou was screwing them and filled, filed a lawsuit against him, which they won. Yay. They kicked their management company and Lou to the curb, but that didn't stop the personal drama. In 1998 alone, Brian had open heart surgery. Kevin lost two family members in quick succession. Howie's sister passed away from lupus, and the group's longtime producer died as well. Through it all, the band always had the love of their fans to get them through. Aww. (laughs) (laughs) Even though they sometimes mobbed the guys or stalked them to their homes or stole their mail out of their mailboxes. Why do you want their mail? Because it has their name on it. Also, that's a federal offense. That is a federal offense. Stop it. I mean, you won't have to worry about it too much longer. I know. Right? Ripperoni USPS. Yep. They could always count on a sobbing, dry heaving fan to lift their spirits when shit got rough. <laughs> and for all that, they wrote Larger Than Life as a thank you to the fans. I mean, that it's makes nice. sense. I did think it was some kind of like fan tribute. Yeah. It's it's kind of funny though because it seems like they're kind of snarky in the lyrics. 
because they're like, I I might run and hide when you're screaming my name, but thank you. Oh my god! Wow, I never heard like the backhandedness before. It's a little backhanded. Like I'm sure they didn't mean it that way, but listening to it now, it's like it's a little backhanded. They, they, they but meant also, it that way. I kind of applaud them for that. Right? Like, they're like, guys, this is cool, but ugh, can I have a nap? But, like, just stop stealing my mail. Like, I need my bills. Yeah, honestly. I can't pay them online right now. It's only nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Come on, guys. Chill. <laughs> I still right? use checks. I still have to mail that shit out. Yeah. Checks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, when people ask for checks, I'm like, I'm sorry. It's what 2020. is that? You don't I... have an app for that? Yeah. Oh, wait, but we have like five apps for that. Okay. Hmm, okay. No, else I will accept your check. Thank you. It'll take will, a week to de- get into my fucking bank uh, yeah, account. I but will sure. deposit it through my phone, but okay, I'll take your check. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> it's 2020, not 2000. Well, if you thought we started out with a bang, we continue to bang. <laughs> we are still banging. The banging continues banging until morale stop. improves. <laughs> improves. I'm sorry. It could be both. Yeah. But yes, the next track oh boy. on now is definite, you know, hand in hand with Backstreet Boys. Oh, yes. Other than NSYNC. Like maybe like the Red Rover situation of this <laughs> would be a Britney Spears. Parentheses, you drive me crazy. <laughs> Like all your other songs. Girl. Sounds like half the other songs in this fucking album. Oh, girl, what you doing? Girl. <laughs> this song actually, though, may sound a little different than what you know for this song. And that's because they used the original album version for the now compilation. And it doesn't seem to have the same punch you in the face feel as much as the radio version. Okay. But it's it has that's why it sounds a little different. There's a little bit more cowbell in this one. There is a lot of cowbell cowbell and also cowbells no that was definitely larger than life i think we just sang but it was also (laughs) this is the same fucking song song. same song i mean they're probably written by the same fucking people so yeah the swedish guy who didn't touch people max martin sure did not touch people i'm not gonna lie as far as i know whenever i look up pop artists i don't give a fuck who wrote the song maybe i should I know. I just always assume it's never the actual artist. Yeah. At least when it comes to bands like these from the '90s and early 2000s. Spoiler: It's not. Ever it's the never. <laughs> never. Also, this song, this version of the song, does have a really sweet guitar solo. I'm like, what? I yeah, there's a guitar solo in the middle. It's not bad. I missed that. <laughs> I missed that one. I don't think I got far enough through this song to get to it. No one does. Mm. You you really gotta wait for that. Yeah. This was the third single off Britney's debut album, dot, 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 one more time. <laughs> Gotta get them dots in Gotta there. Gotta get those ellipses in. And honestly, this sounds a hell of a lot like the titular track. Mm-hmm. I also really wanted to say the word titular. But yeah, 
It sounds just like one more time. You drive me crazy. Baby, hit me, me one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's Lars. <laughs> They're all the same. They're all the same song. I can't. This song, along with the rest of the album, was recorded at Sharon Studios in Stockholm, Sweden. Here's the thing. Sharon. I don't think that's how you say it, but I'm not Swedish. <laughs> I spent a day in Ikea yesterday. I still don't know how to say it in those fucking words. It sounds like you're drunk and trying to say your friend Sharon's name. Sharon. <laughs> this is my friend Sharon. <laughs> That's not how you say it. Like most of her other tunes, it was written by a bunch of dudes in a recording studio who are paid to find aesthetically pleasing sounds and tell people that that's what they want to hear. Yeah. That's what the kids are going crazy for. And more than likely, Brittany was like, I don't really want to do that. And they were like, too bad, you do it. And she was like, okay, fine. Funny you say that. Yeah. When she first was coming into the world of music, Brittany saw herself more of a Cheryl Crow type, which, I don't know, girl. I don't know if you're Cheryl Crow. No, but they like, Not that I love Sheryl Crow. I'm just saying, like, you don't even play a guitar. She may have. She may have wanted to, but they didn't even give her the chance. They didn't. They did not. Uh, She wanted to definitely have more of an adult contemporary sound. But she decided to go along with what the suits told her would sell and sung and danced her way into stardom. Yep. So, yeah, you're right. She saw herself more of a singer-songwriter than an actual pop star. The song was well known for being the main theme to the 1999 teen rom-com, Drive Me Crazy. Yep. Back then, music videos meant something. So the stars of the film, Melissa Joan Hart and Adrian Grenier. Grenier? Grenier. 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 Who cares? Nobody knows who he is anyway. Uh, Yeah, he looks real weird now. He was on Entourage. That's all I know. real weird. Yeah. Anyway, they had cameos in the video. It was a bit of a spoof on the, oh my god, dorky girl is actually really hot when she takes off her glasses oh kind of video, like, which is oh so popular in those days, sprinkled in with some impressive choreography. Yeah. Because that's all they did. All I remember is that I fucking hated that movie, Drive Me Crazy. I never saw it because I looked at the trailers or commercials or whatever. Or and just thought, even the VHS case. thought, this isn't anything I want to see. I got stuck watching it at a sleepover. Oh, no. That's like getting stuck watching it on an airplane. You can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. You're like, I guess I don't want to go to bed. And there's like a whole bag of Doritos I still have to eat. And also, I'm not technically allowed to leave this house. So Because I'm 15. Yeah. I guess I'm stuck watching this garbage. It was so bad. Oh, when I was 15 and we had sleepovers, we definitely snuck out and just walked around town. Oh, I mean, yeah, definitely. But... But that's all we did. But if nobody else is going to sneak out with you because they want to watch Drive Me Crazy because they have poor taste in music and videos, you're kind of stuck with them. You're stuck. Yeah. It was real bad. The song did well all around the world. It only peaked at number 10 in the US, though, which is funny that it's on Mm. the now. It barely broke the number 10s, Mm. which surprised me because I really thought it was way way more popular than that. I thought I heard it all the time. Yeah, it was... Oh, it was on like I TRL heard, forever. Or I heard all of other Britney's other songs. <laughs> and thought they were all the and same. they're all the same song. You Just heard like, oh. one, you heard them all. Yeah, kind of. At least on this album. Yeah. I'll give her a couple songs. They're kind of like jams, but not really her first album. Yeah. Not feeling it. Come for me, Britney fans. <laughs> not gonna. I mean, I just, you know, come on. She, she gets a little better. Well... Should I mean, we move on to the next one? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's. 
Let's keep going. Well, I'm over this pop shit, right? We're gird going. your loins, ladies. Oh, oh. Consider them girded. Because uh, next up we have I Need to Know by Mark Anthony. Am I going to find out? No. Oh. It's getting harder not to think of you. Girl, I'm exactly where I want to be. Latin explosion artist Mark Anthony was easily my least favorite. Which is kind of funny because he pretty much ushered in the Latin movement in the United States. I thought Ricky Martin did. He Ricky Martin helped, but Mark Anthony was like he was a big name in Latin music. Yes. Very big name in Latin music before he broke into the US. He was kind of a big deal in Latin music. Yeah. Big deal in Latin music, okay? Yeah. Big deal in Japan. Yeah. Before I Need to Know slipped onto the scene in late summer of 1999, you'd be hard-pressed to find any white American that knew who Mark Anthony was. Mm -hmm. By all means, he was already a successful musician in the Latin market, having previously released three Spanish-language albums. But his fourth album, self-titled and his first in English, would see him break into the American market like none other. The Latin explosion of the 1990s was one of my favorite microcosmic musical movements. Yeah. It unfortunately didn't last long, but its impact was forever. Yeah, definitely helped reggaeton become a thing. Exactly. I'm here for it. It started with Selena making her first English album, when, which was released posthumously in July 1995. Oh, anything for Selena. Anything. That opened doors for artists like Ricky Martin, Jennifer Lopez, Enrique Iglesias, Shakira, a career resurgence for Santana, and of course, Mark Anthony. Mm-hmm. Mark Anthony would continue to have a high profile in the American music scene, but mostly for marrying Jennifer Lopez and being her baby daddy. Mm. Which Wait, was this before or after Ben Affleck? This was after Ben well Affleck, after, right? Yes, okay. well after. Which totally oh, discredits him. He has put out 13 albums and has sold more than 12 million albums in his music career. He has a long and pretty prestigious acting resume, including Hackers. What? He was in Hackers? He was in Hackers. I completely forgot. Who am I kidding? I've never seen Hackers. You've never seen Hackers. (laughs) But I remember watching Hackers a lot when I was in like high school, college, and then I didn't see it for a long time and saw it again. Maybe like five, six, seven years ago. Okay. And I saw him in there. I was like, that's, that's, that's fucking Mark Anthony. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is he doing in Hackers? What the fuck? You know, he always looks tired. So I guess it works that he yeah. was in Hackers. But like, he's, he has that kind of face that's like, sometimes you're really attracted to it. And other times you're like, but what is it? You know, he has. It's chiseled, but it's almost too chiseled. He has that kind of Frank Sinatra kind of like young Frank Sinatra kind of look where he's he has a very strong jawline and very exaggerated features which makes him attractive but also kind of alien looking at the same time yes yes and I I'm into it all right I mean if you got a fucking alien fuck Mark Anthony (laughs) right there you go yeah that's my 2020 saying (laughs) 
He's won two Grammys and six Latin Grammys. He's part owner of the Miami Dolphins and holds what? the Guinness World Record for the best-selling tropical slash salsa recording artist in history and has 32, count them, 32 number one songs on the Billboard Latin Tropical Airplay charts. Is the Billboard Latin Tropical Airplay chart different from the Billboard Latin <laughs> Salsa, salsa airplay, airplay charts, chart. which is different than the Latin airplay charts, which is different than the tropical slash salsa slash Latin. I don't know. This is a lot. These are now. I'm just hungry and I want some salsa. <laughs> but these just... are differences that two white bitches just don't understand. We don't. We're sorry. Yeah, and we're not going to ask you to explain them. That's on us. I mean, the song in general. It does like I like the horns. Horns, the horns. are good. Yeah, you makes like some me wish. horns. I like, like some a, horns. You like a good horn. I like a good horn. You're right. <laughs> and this makes me wish like I knew how to move around, like not having a seizure. Yeah. Or like I'm just trying to wiggle between two tight chairs or something like that. <laughs> between the table and the chair in a booth. Is she dancing? <laughs> is she trying to get into a like, invisible no, booth? No, I'm just I'm just stuck. I'm just stuck. <laughs> But even more than that, this song is a real Santana featuring Rob Thomas kind of song. It's a hot one. (laughs) And it gets into your bones. It does. Because I have had this song stuck in my fucking head for like a goddamn week. You know, I've had one of your songs stuck in my head for a goddamn week. Oh, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there yet. (laughs) But like, it's been stuck in there. And honestly, I'm like, why are none of my songs stuck in my head? Here we are, though. Actually, one of, one of mine did get stuck in my head a lot. We'll get to that As one. I was doing my notes, the songs got stuck in my head. Right. And I'm currently, like, cycling through one particular song. Do you Actually, ever... like, a few songs from this one artist, but we'll get to them at the end. Do you ever, while you're doing these two, you're like, you just walk through your home and you sing them in a really obnoxious voice to your dogs and they look at you and they're like, what the fuck? And you're like, what? You like that song? Don't anymore. If I start singing along to it while I'm listening to it, they wake up out of a dead sleep <laughs> like, and just stare at me like, what are you doing? Mom, are you, what? The fuck? Shut so, the fuck up. So are you I'm trying to sleep. Boys. What the fuck, Mom? Ruin everything. <laughs> I told you no more Mark Anthony. Aww. Always time for more Mark Anthony. <laughs> when I think it's funny that you're like, oh, I got all the good ones. I definitely got stuck with like a lot of like the little teeny bopper girls. Yeah, but they're like the fun ones to talk about. Like this one. <laughs> yeah, I have I I I I have so many thoughts on teeny bopper girls now that I didn't before. So many. But we'll get to it after we listen to this next track. This is Mandy Moore's oh. Candy. question serious answer nah i'm just fucking with you it's gonna be like the <laughs> least serious question. answer how can you miss someone like candy 
Oh my god, don't worry, I get into this. Okay. Okay. Because I'll wait. Yeah. Oh wait, I'll sit tight. I'll wrap that up I, and sit tight. I, yeah, you just you just hold tight to that one yeah. because I mean you're not wrong. That is a very <laughs> valid question. I think everyone wondered that. I think everyone under over the age of fifteen was like, What? How do you miss? I think even I thought like, what does that mean to miss someone like Candy? I don't know. And I was like fifteen when this came out or some shit. So it's like, like if I really want candy, I just fucking get candy. I'll just like, go I to don't... the store and steal it. <laughs> like everyone else. Right? I was a little bit of a klepto when I was a kid. It's fine. Hey, I recently accidentally stole makeup from Walmart. So, <laughs> was it accidental? It was accidental, but also fuck you, Walmart. I'm yeah, stealing I mean, your honestly, makeup. Like, good. I'm glad yeah. you stole from Walmart. Me too. Good. Good. Fine then. <laughs> Steal from Walmart. I'm gonna do it again. Fine. Good. You don't don't say it too loud. Yeah. No. We're no Walmart. We're never gonna steal from you again. Mm. Ooh. All right. This song though. Candy is Mandy Moore's debut single off her debut album, So Real. So real. So real. Oh my God. Because I guess even though she was new to the scene, people were doubting her authenticity. She had to make sure everyone knew she was so real. You got to get behind it before anybody can say anything. It's like making fun of yourself before somebody else can make fun of you. Oh my God. If I just call myself Fat Amy... (laughs) <laughs> no one else can call me Fat Amy behind right. my back. Exactly. Perfect. Totally works. It does. Self-esteem, way up here. Still up here. Way up here. Can't hit me when I'm already down, bitch. <laughs> Not even low-hanging fruit. I'm already on the mm. ground. I am crawling through it. <laughs> crawling in my skin. That's what that was about, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Cool. We're on the same page as Lincoln Park. Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, much like the last lady I talked about, this song was written by a bunch of adults who should have known better. Yeah. Should have known better than to write songs for Mandy Moore. Or any fucking teenage girl. Any Anyone with knock knees when they're like 13. Like, honestly, like I said, I'll get into it a little bit more in a minute, but like the fucking video, like this little girl is a little girl. Yeah. Like, Mandy like, Moore is a little girl. She hasn't grown into her paws yet in this video, so, like... Girl doesn't ooh. even need a terrain bra. Yeah. Yeah, she was a washboard. And I'll give Mandy Moore some credit. She gets, she gets a nice chest. She's she is a well-endowed adult. She is a very lovely woman now. She is a very gorgeous woman. She's our age. Yep. She looks way better than we do. She also has enough money to look way better What's than we like? do. She's not working two jobs and doing a podcast and has to take care of three dogs on and live paycheck to paycheck. She also got to pretend so. that she fucked me a little Ventimiglia. I can never say his last name. It's fine. Ventimiglia? Ventimiglia. That guy. That guy. I don't know he's hot. I'd hit it. He left the crock pot on. so dark but it's true oh god well no he went in for the dog i don't watch the show i don't know i just made a crock pot joke (laughs) i I just wanted to say crock pot (laughs) i just wanted to make a crock pot joke (laughs) he left the crock pot (laughs) anyway Wow. Now that I've triggered everyone that watches This Is Us. And like still cares. Does anyone still, you know, no. All right, we're not we're getting stop. We're not it. getting this. But what the hell do these lyrics even mean? Uh, yeah, what do they mean? Even Mandy has asked this in interviews like several years later. I'm missing you like candy is nonsensical. 
Does that mean love is something you can go and buy at your corner bodega? If only. Oh my God. Is it like Reese's or is it like Butterfinger? Is it like Skittles? I would. Is it like I, Sour Patch Sour Patch Kids? So, <laughs> yeah. No, it starts out like Reese's Pieces and then it ends up like Sour Patch Kids. No, it starts off as Reese's Pieces and then it's just melted Reese's Pieces <laughs> on a car seat. <laughs> yep. And then you try to get some and you're like, oh, I forgot about these. Oh, oh no. All it looks like I have poop on my hands. <laughs> and that's what love is, kids. <laughs> love is just poop on your hands. Poop on your hands. <sighs> Listening to this teenage girl sing about wanting love like candy feels real pedo to me. Like, yeah. real pedo. Did no one in the room stop and think, hey, guys. Maybe this isn't going to read right. Or maybe it's going to draw the wrong crowd to a girl that hasn't filled her cups yet. I don't think this even entered the mind of all of the men in the studio writing this song. Like, literally, like, three or four dudes wrote this fucking song. Which also, why did you need so many dudes to write this shitty song? Yeah. (laughs) That's the thing with these songs, is there's so many people writing them. It's like, why? How? They all sound the same. Why did you need four, five, six fucking dudes writing this? You didn't. Because... Dudes. Because dudes. (laughs) TRL Generation loved this, though. This song was in top 100 charts all around the world, and the video was on high demand on MTV. Okay, the music video is fucking ridiculous. This is a 15-year-old girl pouting her lips and telling you how good your love feels. This is the most, like, like, they give her, like, this lip gloss, and they, like, have her pouty kind of in this, like, Fish Island's camera, and it's like, oh, oh, oh no. no, no, nope. And she's like, like what? Is that? She's wearing like this amount of makeup that makes it look like she's trying real hard to sneak into a club with a fake ID. And the smirk on her face says she totally just stole her dad's credit card. And while driving a VW Bug because 90s, except she isn't oh old God. enough to drive. She's not old enough to drive. But you know what? What fucking cheeses my grits about this shit is that this is how she's depicted in this video. But when you look at videos from Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, mm-hmm. they are wearing the baggiest fucking outfits baggiest. you have ever seen. You don't even get a silhouette. No. You just get windbag. <laughs> You're like, ooh, this is just like ebbing in the wind. It's just flowing. His shiny jersey knit you know, basketball jersey shirt is just billowing. So lovely. And his Justin Timberlake's Brahmin hair is just so delightful. But like, they're not getting songs like these. No. And they're they're not not getting outfits like these. And they're not getting videos like these. And granted, they busted their fucking asses to learn how to dance. Of course. And entertain and all that shit, but it's completely different than Britney Spears and Mandy Moore and Jessica Simpson and all of them. They are hypersexualized as soon as they're thrown in front of people. And like again, super underage. <laughs> Crazy underage. She should not be singing this song. No, and she shouldn't be like puckering her lips and singing about feeling how good your love is. The girl's fifteen, she doesn't know what the fuck love is. Yeah. No idea. Girl is like, yo, where's my Tamagotchi at? (laughs) Or she's like, oh my God, Justin Timberlake is so cute. She has like pictures of Tiger Beat on her wall 
and her Tamagotchi, and she's sitting in a pompassant chair. Yeah. And she just wants to, like... Listen to her disc man. She just wants to hold hands with Jonathan Taylor Thomas so oh my hard. God. No, you know what? She had that... She had the bubble furniture that you blow up. <laughs> oh. And she was writing in her journal, yes. which was a fuzzy journal, and the fuzzy pen to go with the fuzzy journal. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she should be fucking doing. And ignoring doing. her Tamagotchi. And I mean, if she's having sex, I don't want to fucking know about it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Okay, I know I just ragged on Mandy Moore a lot, but for what it's worth, I do like her. No, we didn't rag on Mandy Moore. We ragged on the people that wrote these songs and sexualized her. Yeah, that's true. I actually find her to be a talented actress with a great voice. She's even matured out of those so real days and doesn't perform much of the teeny bopper stuff. She even pokes fun at herself for it, too. She still plays Candy from time to time, but she actually kind of gave it a different, like, rock and blues kind of feel. That's good. So it's not like a bubblegum pop song now. It's like a, I'm a mature adult song. I've come around to Mandy Moore because there was a very long time when she still tried to ride this I'm a sweet, wholesome girl Mm. wave. And to a point where she would do interviews and she would just smile with everything that she said because she is so nice. Because there's some man backstage saying, you better fucking do this if you want the next movie role. Poking her with a cattle prod and yep. like forcing her yeah. to do that. And I was like, that is so fucking fake. Like, right. But and now, then like now that we know, but now it's like you know more of this seedy like, underbelly. Is, is, but now looking back on it, I'm like, but did she do that because she was trying to be a fucking bitch to someone? Because if she was, good for her. <laughs> like, was she being overly fake because somebody was telling her to be fake? So she was like, I'm going to be the sweetest oh girl God. that you have ever met in your life because I'm Mandy Moore and I'm missing you like candy. And they're like, oh, God, she could turn it down for a minute. Yeah. It was like that. It was like way over the top. And now I'm like, nah, she probably did that on purpose because people were forcing her to. I'm like, good for you, girl. She probably did. Well, on that note. Yeah. All this fucking teeny bopper talk. I'm exhausted. Yep. Let's take a little break. We're going to get some more beers. Okay. Bye. We'll be right back. Hey, listeners. How you doing? (laughs) But how you doing? How you doing? No, seriously. How are you doing? Are you okay? Do you need anything? Are things good in the bedroom? You can be honest with us. No, honestly, you can. Because, like, we've all been there. Yeah. Sometimes shit is rough. Or sometimes you just want to, like, get real freaky with yourself. Or with someone else. Or and with multiple people. That's with, rad. And you, right now, can treat yourself on adamandeve.com. What? Yeah. Tell me more. we have special things for you. What? You can go to the Adam and Eve website and you can get free stuff to spice up your bedroom. Ooh. Even if we get stuff, we use it once and we're like, oh no, that wasn't right. But that's okay because we have the deal of a lifetime. So you can try all that weird shit out. Yep. So you can walk your cute little butt on over to Mm adamandeve.com and grab yourself almost any one item for 50% off. That's cheap. But that's not all. Adam and Eve will load up on the free stuff. Yeah, load. <laughs> Just use code CANDYPOD. That is C-A-N-D-Y-P-O-D. Not the band. No, but you will feel so alive you will. with this deal. When you use CANDYPOD at checkout, you get 
some special gifts. Mm-hmm. Maybe one for him. Mm-hmm. Maybe one for her. Mm-hmm. Maybe one for them. Yeah. Plus, you get six free movies. Oh my god, movies? Movies. And they're free. Plus, you get that sweet free shipping. Oh my god, sweet, sweet free shipping. Because that shipping can be so expensive. No, it's And you don't can. want that. All right. Are you convinced? I'm pretty much convinced. Let's do this. Go to checkout at adamandeve.com. Use our special code, CANDYPOD, and you get all them free gifts and that free shipping. So go to adamandeve.com and put candy in your pod. No, don't. That's not where that goes. Nope. But do it. But I mean, but like, just get the free stuff. Yeah. And we back. Hi. So let's kick on to the next tune. Oh boy. This oh is a good boy. One. This one is. Oh, this is, is a good one. <laughs> Eiffel 65's Blue. Da boo dee, da boo die. Da boo dee. Okay, I'm not going to listen to it. I have a girlfriend and she is so blue. Blue are the people here that walk around. Blue like my carpet, it's in and outside. Blue are the words I say and what I think. Blue are the feelings that live inside me. I forgot it just all repeats. Like, it's so catchy, but honestly, when you hear it 500 times within like two days, you're like, all right. I'm good. I'm I, good. I you know what? never need to hear this again. Did it. We got it. We got yeah. the point. You're blue. Da-boo-dee-da-boo-dee. <laughs> yeah. The story of the song starts with three guys. <laughs> Gabri Ponty, Maury Lobina, and Jeffrey J. Is Jeffrey J. the Frosted Tips guy? No, that's Gabri Ponty. Huh. Jeffrey J. is the singer. Oh, all right. Yeah, with the fantastic facial expressions in the video. The three guys met at Blisco Studios in Turin, Italy in 1998, and a year later, their shit done blown up with the release of their one and only hit, Blue. Yep. The song came about within the studio when Gabri overheard Maury playing a lovely arpeggio on the piano, mm. which eventually became the overall melody of Blue. That little piano part, that double do, 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 do. Yeah. yeah, that he was just messing around playing with that in the studio, and Gabri was like, "Oh shit, that sounds good. Well, I'm gonna make a song out of that." Yeah. They decided to expand on that melody, and within two hours, they had an entire song written. I mean, not bad. Not bad. Came a hit, so good for them. They recorded one single take and released the song as is. Shit. They released it to clubs and radio alike, but it was a big old flop. Oh. It cleared dance floors and turned radio dials. And people forgot about it as quickly as it came. Really? Yeah, because oh. they pretty much just released it in Italy. And in Italy, they were like, nah, this is garbage. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> you know who's going to go crazy for this, though? Americans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. But for some inexplicable reason, radio DJs started playing it again. Before they knew it, the spring of 1999 became the season of blue. Me. All of a sudden, within days, Eiffel 65 had the hottest single in the world, hitting number one in over 20 countries and number six in the U.S. 
There was a ton of speculation about what the lyrics mean. Was he really saying Daba di Dabu Dai? Or was it something more sinister? Was it gibberish or maybe a secret code? And what the fuck did he mean by being blue? In the- he was probably just high, guys. He was, yeah. He was just like, nah, fuck this. I'm done. In the end, it wasn't that complicated. Jeffrey J., who wrote the lyrics, put it straight. He was just talking about a guy who sees everything in a shade of the color blue. Huh. He wasn't sad. He wasn't drunk. It was just straightforward. And the chorus was literally just gibberish. Honestly, honestly that's that's deeper than I thought. Yeah. They intentionally made the chorus gibberish because they wanted it to be something that everybody around the world could just sing along to. Mm. Which makes sense. Yeah. Like, Best choruses are just shananas and dabu di dabu dai. Do do do's. Yeah. But if you're wondering why Eiffel 65 didn't have any singles after Blue, well, the writing was on the wall for them. They, they didn't really, I mean, Blue wasn't that good a song, guys. <laughs> it didn't necessarily mean a follow-up was needed. Yeah. Gabri, Maury, and Jeffrey were only a group for a short while. Oh. It was evident that after Blue's popularity waned, Gabri was out for himself. He became a high-profile DJ with a huge following in Italy, and Jeffrey and Maury continued to collaborate under different names. Hmm. And Jeffrey and Maury don't seem to really be on speaking terms with Gabri. Oh. They seem to have a Frosted Tips thinks he's too good. Yeah, Frosted Tips thinks he's, uh, he's got the bigger dick of the group, apparently. Frosted Tips would think he's too good. Yeah, turns out he's just the bigger dick. Of the group. Not that he has one. Right. Just that he is one. Yeah. But also there is a 25 minute documentary about this song. Yeah, no, now I want to watch this. A Vice documentary on YouTube. So it's actually pretty good. They're, they seem like, with the exception of Gabri, who's just meh. Like Jeffrey and Maury seem like very nice dudes. Well, so well, it's a good little 25 minutes. Leave it to Vice to be like, hey, did anybody care about the song? We're going to do a documentary on it. <laughs> One of our feature writers did. So, <laughs> so we sent them to Italy. <laughs> Yo, that's a good excuse to go to Italy, though. Right? And like the nice part of Italy. Oh, it's a nice part of Italy where they I have mean, the like, best gabagool. The best gabagool and so much mozzarella. You can't get enough. <laughs> can't, though. Freshest Stuff basil. it in your face. All the mozzarella gabagool you can handle. And then just sit in the heat. <laughs> All the marinara sauce. Oh, this got real American real quick. <laughs> well, I'm glad we're at this part of the now compilation because this is the dance part. Uh, oh, so, this is the dance part. Well, no. So you had the first dance song. Okay. I have the second dance song. Which is? Which is It Feels So Good by Sunique. I don't know this one. So I don't entirely not know this song. Yeah, you totally know this song. But I feel like it was in a movie soundtrack. I don't think so. I didn't see that in my research. I don't really know but why I, actually, I know this song. But I well, 
Or you know this from the commercial for now. That's what I call music for. <laughs> that's probably why I know it. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it was on the radio a little bit. Like it was more of that. You know, sometimes pop stations would kind of have like the yeah. dance party starting yeah. at like nine o'clock. But yeah, maybe that's that's maybe that's what it is. Like, I know this from K one hundred four and their little dance party. On, like, Saturdays at 9. Yeah, Saturday Night Dance Party on K104. K104. Yeah. Yeah, if that's you, what it If was. you lived in the Poughkeepsie, New York area, then you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought this would be an unknown track for me, but it turns out I totally remember this song. And it's a solid 90s dance jam. This one holds up. This one holds up. I yeah, would, this I would, is a good one. I forgot about this song, but it's it's a good one. I would shake my sad white ass to this. <laughs> Easily. Yeah, you can kind of shake a sad white ass. This is a, this is a song you could shake your sad white ass to. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick hails from the UK, and this song would make her a bit of a one-hit wonder, at least mm. in the US. Mm-hmm. She has also had much success as a DJ, which shouldn't surprise anyone considering the trance-like pop sound of the song. Definitely has that DJ background. Initially released in 98, it peaked at number 24 in the UK singles chart. However, after a Florida DJ got his hands on it and played it for the masses, people couldn't get enough. She was approached by Universal Music, where they re-released the single on her album, Hear Me Cry. And with that, the song went to number one in the UK. The one thing somebody in Florida did that was good. That that was that's all you guys have. <laughs> that's what you got. That's what you got, Florida. Good for you. Still, you know what? Still waiting for a follow up. Slow clap. Good job, Florida. Proud you. of you? Mm-hmm. Question mark. Mm-hmm. The song itself was written by Sunique about a man who she was really into, but didn't return her feelings. He thought she was just into him because he was pretty successful as a musician at his point, where she wasn't at that point yet. She used that song to declare to him that she liked him, not his success. I don't think anything ever happened, but like she was like, I just want you to know is you. Jesus. Like she wrote a whole song for this dude and he's just like, nah. Yeah. Me. Then like later on you realize like, oh bitch wasn't worth it, but I got a sweet hit song out of it. <laughs> Fuck you. Royalties for decades, baby. Fuck you, motherfucker. What I really appreciate for this song is the music video. For something that came out in the late 90s, it seems to, at least very low key, celebrate queerness and androgyny. Huh, I've never seen the video for this. It's it's pretty simple and basic. Um, It's like she starts off like working at this diner mm-hmm. and like she sees this guy and this group of people... And then, like, later on, it flashes to her at her apartment getting ready to do a DJ set at a club. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, you see all the people at the club. Okay. Dancing around. And then, like, at the end, it's like, oh, she was just daydreaming at her job while cleaning up the tables. Not the last track on this album with the video about a diner waitress. We'll get to it later. Oh, yes. Okay. Technically, not even the first, because... Drive Me Crazy had Britney Spears she was a being waitress. a diner waitress. Oh. Mm, that was a theme I in the see 90s. the theme. Mm, they love their diner waitresses. We figured you out now, Four. We got you, bitch. <laughs> Sonique herself doesn't give in to the overtly sexualized look that pop singers were supposed to display. 
Instead, she wore track jackets and basketball shorts while DJing at the club. Her clothes were stylish, and she looked carefree and comfortable, but she wasn't trying to seduce the room. It's like a Missy Elliott before Missy was Missy. Actually, I think it was like right around the same time. But like you could so say like, UK, UK Missy. UK Missy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like she was comfortable. Like she could dress real sexy in like a tank top and a miniskirt. Or she's like, nah, I'm cool in like these these joggers and this track jacket. Sounds like Missy. Yeah. 100. Mm-hmm. And while there was nothing blatant, there were a lot of people the same gender dancing together or like giving each other the eye. Like you could look at some, like some of the people I'm looking at, I'm like, they're going to fuck. <laughs> I mean, I'm old enough. They gotta fuck. I've been to Goth Night. I know what two people at a club gonna fuck look like. <laughs> I know what 200 people at a club gonna fuck look like. <laughs> Even in 2020, I got the feel that she was trying to be as gay as she could get away with in the late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. Like, you could tell it's like that. I'm trying to be gay and androgynous and, mm-hmm. like, not like this bullshit straight shit. Yeah. And then... Okay, I could get away with this. this but that's is, arguably this is, probably... this is as far as I can push the envelope before, like, yeah, the Bush fanatics come out of the woodwork and are like, "What are you doing? Are there are there queers in this? Mm. <laughs> are the gays in this? I don't like it. I know this therapist. They will electrocute you <laughs> if you say you like the same and, sex. Uh, set you literally straight. Yeah, there you go. Let's do it." But no, kudos to you. And like that song's a bop and I respect myself a female DJ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on, on that note. On that note. Oh, why don't we bring Speaking shit of respect. right down to the floor. <laughs> this concludes the dance portion of Now know, That's What I God. Call Music. Now needed more dance. Yeah, but instead we're getting Lenny Kravitz, I Belong to You. that Lenny Kravitz portion of the evening. Ugh. We're ready to bring it down. Ugh. The chime is cool, though. I like the chime. Ding. The chime in the beginning of the uh, song is good, but as soon as he opens his mouth, I'm like... I know, that's the problem, especially with the verses. Like, yeah. I could get away with the chorus, but the verse... Yeah, snooze fest. I feel like Lenny Kravitz is always a snooze fest. Except. Except, okay, when he first came out, he came out with Are You Gonna Go My Way? Which was a good song. I just can't listen to it anymore because it's so fucking played out. True. But it was a really good song. It was a jam. And then he went like 25 years with just snooze fest mm. after snooze fest. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. Until his most recent album, yeah. Raise Vibrations, came out in 2018. Okay. That one song he's got, Low, Low, that is a good song. Not bad. I really like that song. And I'm really convinced that it's because of the dreads. He cut off the dreads after Are You Gonna Go My Way. 
Oh, you're right. And now he has dreads again. Ooh. I was going to say, is it because his daughter's doing really well? And he's like, oh, shit, I got to step it up again. (laughs) Maybe I got to prove to people I have an adult daughter and I am sexy. God damn it. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about this song. It's a pretty generic song by a pretty generic rock musician. Let's face it, between 1993's Are You Gonna Go My Way and 2018's Raise Vibrations, Lenny Kravitz's repertoire puts us to bed and not in the sexy way. His singles, which are supposed to be the best and most marketable songs on an album, are fucking snooze fests. It took him 25 years after releasing Are You Gonna Go My Way to put another out another song that I can actually bop my head to. You know, and I feel like every time we have, not every time, but I feel like at least one other time we've had a now and we had to talk about American Woman and we're like, ugh. Uh, yep. I fucking hate that song. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's and, been a while since there's been a Lenny Kravitz that I was like, yeah. And the hilarious thing about American Woman is that I, I read this rolling stone article where he goes through like all of the songs that meant something to him in his career and he put that on the list and he was talking about how he recorded it he's like i did like crazy things with this song i made it completely different than the original and blah 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 i'm like it sounds exactly the fucking same as the original except you're yelling a little bit it sounds like lenny kravitz singing that song it sounds like lenny kravitz (laughs) singing a generic classic rock song hey you know what that sounds like are you going to go my way? It, it sounds exactly <laughs> like every other fucking Lenny Kravitz song that he's ever put out. Actually, I will say, I do like his song again. Do you remember yeah. the song? All of my life, where have you been? I wonder if I ever see you again. I mean, it sounds familiar, but it could be any number of Lenny Kravitz <laughs> singles that have come out in the last 25 I, years. And I like it. Because ner- Maggie nerd reference, nerd alert, <laughs> nerd alert. Uh, I made an anime music video. Of to course it. you did. It's a really good one. It's one of the few that I'm like, now nah, that's a good one. That shit holds up. You only like it because you could make a really good anime video. To- it's a pretty to it. song. It's pretty. I mean, sure. Like this one's also a pretty song, but like, I'll give him again. the chorus. Yeah, I'll give him the chorus. It's a little catchy. The verses are really. I mean, again. Saying this to my dog, he loved it. <laughs> Ten Ted would have mom sing it to me again. Bork, bork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's a generic love song with a generic sound and a generic music video made by a generic musician at best. <laughs> You'd think that someone who went to high school with Slash and let his dong hang out of his pants at a concert and didn't bother to stuff it back in would at least be able to make a love song that didn't make my cooter dry up so hard that I nicknamed it Death Valley. I would have nicknamed it Ben Shapiro's wife. (laughs) 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 Truthfully, hers is already named Death Valley, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Lenny Kravitz is not making any wet-ass pussies around here. Yo, you know what else does not make a (laughs) wet-ass pussy, though? Tell me! Oh, I've got it. Yeah, no. No. No wops in this house over here. No, this is Savage Garden. (laughs) I knew I loved you.
It's the bad Savage Garden song. <laughs> oh. Um, what? What's the good Savage Garden song? I mean, like everybody knows "Truly Madly Deeply." Yeah, I don't like that one either. But you know what? I really like this one called "Carry On Dancing." That one's really good. Didn't they have an older single that was a little more upbeat? Yeah, I don't remember it. I don't either. But, but either way, yeah, they was probably better than this one. Oh, a drink of cherry cola. <laughs> that one, fuck. Ooh, I want you. I don't know <laughs> if I need you, but ooh, I died to find out. I died to find out. <laughs> You're welcome, internet. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay, I like that one better. Yes. Oh, God, I wish we could have talked about that song. I think that came out like 95, 96. Oh, my God. That's an old We one. have to listen to that after we're done, because oh now I'm going to have it in my head, but I don't know the words, and it's going to drive me nuts. I just remember, drink a cherry cola. <laughs> well, this isn't nearly as exciting as this. This isn't even a quarter as exciting uh, as that it's song. It's like they found success, and then they were like, we have to be respectable. Like, here's the thing. For what it's worth... Truly Madly Deeply is a good song. It is just heavily overplayed. Oh, yeah. I never need to hear it again. Yeah, no. Like, that's definitely not a song I ever need to hear again. I don't need to hear this one ever again, either. It's fine. (sighs) Yeah. So, apparently, though, I was the only person who thought this was a bad Savage Garden song, though. Really? It topped the charts at number one for who weeks. Really? It would also be their last number one. So, like, don't get too excited. Oh, okay. Okay, it's not necessarily a bad song but it is a total (laughs) snooze fest yeah also how does this make any sense he knew he loved you before he met you what kind of cheesy line of overcommitment is this (laughs) savage garden is a stage five clanger this is like the song of a stalker this is this is is. the song of the stalker people oh my god this song came about when the duo was finishing up their sophomore album and label execs told them they wanted another truly madly deeply oh now, singer Darren Hayes was not in the mood to sing about love as he felt he was, quote, wounded by love. Mm, okay. Yeah, I don't know. He probably just had a really bad breakup. Okay. But they also knew they didn't have a ballad on the album, so they wrote this song almost to be kind of like a tongue-in-cheek spitefulness. Like, write us another ballad. And like, fine, we'll fucking write you this garbage piece of shit. Really? Number one? Does does no one have taste? So like, kind of respect to Savage Garden for being like, fine, we'll fucking write this. Wow. This is like Savage Garden's Dream It, Want It, Wish It. Dream It, Want It, Wish It? Or something like that that Brian Griffin wrote on Family Guy to make fun of the self-help books, but then he got really into it. Yes. Oh, I do remember that. Oh my god. And if you think this is boring, the music video is some rural basic bitch plot. Complete with Kirsten Dunst playing oh. Darren's love interest. Oh. Whatever. <laughs> that's I, some dry-ass pussy. That, yeah, that's some dry-ass just wanking. Well, they're on a subway and he's checking her out the whole time when suddenly the train stops and the emergency lights just turn on. And then everyone in the fucking whole subway kind of like holds hands for some weird reason. Nope. No. And then, like, he reaches across the aisle, and she reaches across the aisle, and they hold their hands together, and then they just, their whole lives together flash before their eyes. Nope. And mind you, like, their life together is just running through the park on a sunny day. Like, that's nope. all it is, is, like, these two motherfuckers, like, oh my god, nope. we're having so much fun in the park. And then the lights turn back on, and they stop holding hands, and she leaves, and they walk away from each other. Nope, they just got the roni. 
That's it. They were in the subway <laughs> car. They held hands. Why are why would you do that? I'm pretty sure and one then, of them licked their hands before. Yeah, they and then even. you that's how you got the Roni and their lives flashed before their eyes because they're on ventilators and dying. I had the Roni before <laughs> I met you. Then, then I, I held gave your it. hand so tight. <laughs> yeah, it's a garbage song. It was Savage Garden's basically Savage Garbage's last song. Again, <laughs> Savage I Garbage. I should make fun of them. I actually do. Kind of, again, respect how they're like, all right, fuck you. We'll make up a fucking song. And they said Chicka Cherry Cola. So they did. Respect. <laughs> I'm dead, fat <laughs> You know what? That sounds like a Roxette song. It probably is. That's a Roxette song. We'll we'll look it up later. We're gonna go in a deep no, dive on that. No, I'm just definitely mixing it up with the Roxette song. I think it is, and I can't think of it right now. But you're right. We'll we're gonna we're gonna revisit this. Bookmark this for later. You're right. <sighs> okay, let's move on. Yes, to a song that I didn't know. I did know this, but you know what? I want to know by Joe. So I want to know, I want to know what turns you on, I want to know, so I can be all that and more, and I like to know, I like to know what makes you cry. So I love the music video for this song. Oh yeah. Because in the very beginning, the whole storyline for the, the music video starts with this girl Arguing with her boyfriend, like, in an alley. Yep. As Joe and his friends are <laughs> looking on. Yeah. They're not even look. They're not even walking by. They're just standing there and, like, staring at them and listening into the conversation. And literally, as soon as the boyfriend walks away, Joe swoops in and he's like, yo, girl, what's up? Hey, what's up? You seem really Can I get upset. your phone number? You want to go on a date? And she's like, sure. Like, like, I don't think wait, that's how any of this works. That's not how this works. I don't think that's how this ever worked. No. And as if any dude did that, I would be like, did you not just see me break up with my boyfriend? Get the fuck away from me. I need some time for me, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm sorry. You think because I'm not dating that piece of shit that I feel like dating you? You think you're not a piece of shit? Yeah. Go fuck yourself. Yeah. But also give me your number because I'll probably like hate fuck you in about a month. Oh, yeah. You ready for that hate fuck? It's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be the best hate fuck of your life. <laughs> it's going to be great. I will have some wet ass pussy. But like go Roni in a pot with this wet ass pussy. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet ass pussy. <laughs> but also, like seriously, it's not because I like you. It's because I'm I'm really horny. And it's yeah, been a month. that's it. That's, that's all it. this is. That's all this is. Yeah. This is one of those songs that you remember if you hear it, but you couldn't for the life of you remember who sang it. Yeah. I want to know was a big hit for Joe, reaching number four. <laughs> I want to know was a big hit for Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Reaching, Nerd. <laughs> reaching number four on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in July 2000. I Wanna Know was kind of a throwaway track originally meant to be on Joe's first album. Oh. Instead, he took the track off the album at the last minute and tossed it aside. It wasn't until he was approached to contribute a song to the soundtrack for the movie The Wood that he offered up I Wanna Know. <laughs> <laughs> the Wood. <laughs> I bet he wants to know it turns him on. It's the wood. <laughs> it's the wood. But 
I want to know was just lying around a studio and the song became a hit <laughs> and here we are. Hilariously, the UK single was a remix version called The Roni Remix. Not even joking. The Roni Remix. What is... What? I don't know. Psychics. We gotta go find these producers. They knew about the Roni before it even hit. These fuckers. But they knew that this would be a hit. Mm-hmm. Here you go. I do like the opening line. Was it the way you knock me off my feet or something? I love the way you knock me off my feet or something. I don't know. It's cute. The opening line is kind of cute. You're like, oh, okay. Well, that's sweet. That's nice. Even though then you watch the music video and you're like, by all means, Joe seems like a very sweet young man, but um, maybe I'm... like read a room, my dude. Yeah. Like let a girl breathe a minute after yeah. she breaks up with yeah, her boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Anyway, speaking of her time, let's get to the real MVP of this fucking compilation. Oh, yeah. I like this one. Oh, yeah. This is Aaliyah's Try Again. To get to me. What would you say to have your way? Would you give up or try again? If I hesitate to let you in, now would you be yourself or play your role? Tell all the boys or keep it low. If I say no, would you turn away or play me off or would you stay the song. This is a jam. This song's a fucking jam. Mm-hmm. This song should be on my bad bitches playlist. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> this is like a really good how pump have up you, jam. How have you not put like every single song, except for age is not a number, on your bad bitch playlist? Was it age is only a number? Age is just a number? Something like that. You know, that. either way, age either is way, something no. we shouldn't really talk about. And um, R. Has, Kelly's hot trash. Yeah, R. Kelly can go fuck off. But yeah, other than that, yes. I mean, Aaliyah... Fucking God, gone too soon. Such an amazing talent, beautiful woman, yeah, great definitely. voice. And this song is just a timeless jam. Yeah, the song is pretty synonymous with Aaliyah and her tireless spirit to keep moving. Even though it was written by Static Major and Timothy Mosley, who wanted to write a song that could become an anthem for the youth to never grow up. Is Timothy Mosley by grow up? I mean, never give up. Never give up. Yes. Is Timothy Mosley Timberland? Yeah, it is. Oh, cool. I thought I'd call him by his proper name. <laughs> his proper name. Ooh. <laughs> cool. Pinky yes. out. However, because this was going to be the main theme song for the Romeo Must Die soundtrack, oh, a movie that's loosely right. based on Romeo and Juliet, which I didn't know because I never saw it. Uh, that had, what's his uh, face? Jet Li. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. Well, the exec said that the song had to be about love. So they changed the verses, but not the chorus. And I suppose that really led to a very confusing song. Because you're like, what? I mean, don't encourage someone like to keep pursuing someone that says no. Yeah. Because at first she won't succeed. Like, I don't know. But but like, maybe take a hint. But I guess like also like, I don't know, you could like try again, but like maybe if you read the room and give her some breathing room and don't go after her right after she fucking broke up with her boyfriend, (laughs) Joe. (laughs) Either way. Calm your fucking tits, Joe. Jesus. Joe tits. (laughs) Calm Joe tits. (laughs) I'm done. Fuck off. You're welcome. We're done. (laughs) We're over. Look, the song is catchy as hell. Probably do... To some part from Timbaland, 
aka Timothy Mosley. He's just like a fucking hit maker. He is. He's on production. It was inspired by some acid house sounds to give it them yeah. a bump and beats. And this was one of four songs that Aaliyah contributed to the soundtrack, for which she was a producer of. Oh. Yeah. And considering Shit. she also starred opposite Jet Li in the film. I thought she was in the movie, she too. She was. Okay. She starred in yes. it. Yeah. And she had a lot riding on all this being a fucking yeah. hit. And good news, it was. Yay. It peaked at number one in the U.S. and within the top five within most of Europe. It was the first to reach those heights on the Billboard charts based solely on radio play. Wow. That's it. Like, not chart sales, not, like, music videos, just the radio. Huh. And it really was the last single that Ilea got to experience charting so high and getting award nominations, because a year and a half later, she would die in a tragic plane crash. But her music, and I would say especially this song, keeps her memory alive still to this day. And also that one song that I can't remember the name of. It's like dun, 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 age ain't nothing dun, but dun, a number. Dun, 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 you know that one? Yeah, but I like when you do it. <laughs> well, what song is that? We'll think bookmark it for later with Savage Garden. <laughs> Ooh, because you got another sassy lady coming up. Oh, the sassiest of sassy ladies. This is uh, Waiting for Tonight by Jennifer Lopez. Remember how we were talking about Mark Anthony before? Hey! Although I will say, techno remix. That's yeah, that's the techno, that's the version. The techno remix is uh, it goes hard. It's pretty good. This song was released in October 1999 as the third single off Jennifer Lopez's debut album, On the Six. It was a really big hit for her, and whereas before this, I think people were quite skeptical of this dancer turned actress turned singer, it solidified her status as a true musical artist in her own right. Mm. And to think this song almost didn't make it onto her album. Gasp. Oh, you don't say. <laughs> it was originally co-written by Maria Christensen and recorded by her own girl group called Third Party. That single didn't go anywhere, as evidenced by the fact that nobody knows who Third Party is. I was going to say, what is that? Is that yeah. like Third Eye Blinds Moms? <laughs> Third Eye Moms? Third Eye Moms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can that happen though? <laughs> Third Eye Blind's moms, where are you at? <laughs> um, and it eventually made its way to Jennifer and her producer Corey Rooney. Corey tried to sell Jennifer on the song, but she absolutely hated it. Interesting. She thought it was too Euro pop and cheesy. Granted, it was, but that's why it's so good. Yeah. But Corey believed in it so much that he put down $50,000 of his own money to rework it into something amazing. He's like, bitch, I'll show you. Yeah, yeah. And it paid off because Jennifer loved the reworked version and agreed to put it on her album. Oh, shit. In the end, the song became a top 10 hit worldwide and went to number one in the U.S. dance charts. 
The music video was insanely popular and Mm -hmm. was arguably the first to use funky lasers and body crystals. I remember that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which would be copied by the likes of Britney Spears and Rihanna in the following years. Mm -hmm. And since it came out just in time for Y2K, it became the anthem of the new millennium. But don't worry. She's still, she's still Jenny from the block. (laughs) She didn't let it go to her head at all. Nope. Not at all. She used to have a little, but now she got a lot. But she's still, she's still still Jenny Jenny from from the block. block. She's still Jenny from the block. Block lobster. (laughs) Thank you, uh, Fred Schneider. Fred Schneider. That's what I'm here for. Hmm. I don't know if I know this next one. So I didn't think I knew this one. But I might. But then I heard it. And I got fucking opinions about this song. Oh, oh okay. This song pissed me right off. Oh, I can't wait. Get ready. Play it. It says Get It On Tonight by Montel Jordan, who I thought only had one song. He mm-hmm. didn't. Mm-hmm. Standing on the dance floor While she drinking You were all I want, girl Chicken, we might be together, but love is missing. Girl, I want you. So what can we do? Makes me mad. The song will make you real mad. And the video makes you mad too. Mad. It's all mad. I have clearly never really listened to the lyrics or watched the video to the song. Because yeah. after I did, I was really pissed off. Yeah. Like, I was, oh, watch the video. Montel. Montel. Come on. But you know what? This was all okay in the 90s. <sighs> right. So this song and video are both pretty gross. Montel Jordan basically cheats on his girlfriend because he doesn't want to hang out with her and her friends. Cool. It's like, uh, she's boring. I don't like her. I don't uh, want to hang out with her friends. Girl, you hot. Let's, like, go to the club and grind. It's like, I don't want to hang out with my girlfriend tonight, so I'm just going to go bang this chick over here. It's cool. Yeah, this is fine. And I, you know what? I'm sorry, my dude. That's That's a relationship. Like, hanging out with your girlfriend and her friends. That's what a relationship is. Yeah, I'm fully aware that my boyfriend doesn't always want to come and hang out with me and my friends. I'm sorry, Mike doesn't always want to hang out with me. <laughs> We're fucking delightful. Um, yeah, how can he not? <laughs> I don't know. We might be a little bit much for some people. I don't think that's true. Um, But you know what? That's fine. I'm not going to go out and be like, yo, bro, let's go bang. Like, that. no, that no. doesn't happen. No, or, well, it does. It, not in we, my world. No, yeah, no, not in our world, but like other yeah. people, I guess. Like, I'm sorry. What? What? But like, what that's are you so stupid. Doing? Like, if. <laughs> and I look, here's the thing, too. After watching the video, I researched this real hard, but like, I could have sworn the, his girl in the video was Vanessa Williams because it looks just like her. Really? Like, it has like, she has that honey hair and those bright blue eyes. I'm like, isn't that Vanessa Williams? You'll have to show me again. Bookmark. Yeah, bookmark for after. Yeah, because like, I swear to God, I was like, is that Vanessa Williams? And then you might watch and be like, man, you're fucking idiot. That's not Vanessa Williams. No, I'm but like, you stop this podcast right now and you go watch it and you report back. And, and then you can tell us if you, you know think what? it's Vanessa Williams. And if you don't think it's <laughs> Vanessa Williams, please go to our, our iTunes and give us a one-star 
review and tell us how we're vulgar how we're and snarky and dumb. I really would love and it if we you go just did on that. too many tangents. Oh, do you not like that? Well, don't fucking cheat on your girlfriend, douche nozzle. Anyway, there's not really too much to report on here except for the fact that Montel Duran's a garbage person in this song. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he's actually probably a lovely person in real life. He did use a sample of Claudia Berry's 1976 single, Love for the Sake of Love. It's a sweet disco dance tune. He basically sped it up a little bit, but it's the same beat. There which... are a lot of R&B hits in this time frame where they yeah. use a lot of really awesome disco songs. Oof. Will and it Sm- worked. Will Smith was really into that. He was. And you know, um, it worked. Was it Wild Wild West used Forget-Me-Nots? Yes. And then he did just the two of us. Yeah. Like he did yeah, he did he did a fair amount. He did a pretty good job. It wasn't Wild Wild West. It was something else. It wasn't. Else. Oh, I can't remember. It wasn't Welcome to Miami. You know, none of this matters. <laughs> so doesn't. at this point, this is the last of Montel's songs to become a real hit. It peaks at number one, or I'm sorry, it peaks at number four. That was way higher than it should have been. Peaks <laughs> at number four in the Billboard charts. And maybe you shouldn't have been such a trifling hoe, and then maybe you could have had more hits. Yeah. Montel. I mean, I have to give it to him, though. It is kind of a, like, it is kind of a funky jam. It's, if he just came up with some better lyrics. I wish like, he had different lyrics, because I'd be way like, into it. Right? Because he's just like, I hate that my girlfriend isn't what I want. Why so I'm going to go fuck somebody else. Instead of just breaking up with her and just being with a woman that I want to be with, I'm going to just... This isn't a sexy song. This just proves that you're kind of a dirtbag. It also just shows, like, this shit was okay back in the late 90s yeah. and early 2000s. And, like, it... I'm sorry. It doesn't hold up anymore. Like people do not have the fucking patience or the self esteem or the time for this shit. We're too scrutinizing at this point. We really too. are. Like <laughs> in a world full of like, why the fuck hasn't Louis C.K. been canceled yet? I fucking can't with your bullshit on cheating on your girlfriend or cheating on your boyfriend yeah. or cheating on anyone. Don't yeah. fucking do it. It's garbage and sick. Like go fuck yourself. Yeah. If your relationship is that down in the dumps. Maybe you should have a conversation with your significant other about how you're thinking about cheating on them because you don't want to go to the fucking roller skating rink or whatever. Which, who with doesn't want to go to the roller skating rink? I and you don't know what? really want to go to the roller skating rink, but I'll go if my boyfriend is really into roller skating. You know what's really sad, though? This would be a great song to roller skate to. It would. It would. <laughs> it would. God damn it. Fuck you, Montel Jordan. God damn it. It is. Oh. Speaking, I guess, like, they must, like, section off this album in it's the waves. categories. It's waves. It's because waves. we're in the garbage wave. Yeah, we're in we're the dump the, right now. We're downhill now because now we have to Oh, deal my God. We are in the downhill. With Ben Harper and the Innocent Criminals and Steal My Kisses. Oh. I would into Nashville, Tennessee. But you wouldn't even come around to see me. Since you're heading up to Carolina, you know I'm gonna be right there behind you. Cause I always have to steal my kisses from you. I always have to steal my kisses from you. Always have to steal my kisses from you. I honestly didn't listen to those lyrics. It's just that, like, it wasn't until, like, we started looking in this video or this album, and I was like, this song's a little 
Why do you have to steal kisses? Yeah, this whole song is about how this girl just isn't really into him. And he's like, but I have to steal my kisses from you. Oh, God. Because she's some, not like, into you. Friend zoned incel that's like, yeah. but like, why aren't you just smooching me? And you're like, because I don't like you like that. Yeah, like. Stop trying to be all up in my shit. You, you know why you have to steal your kisses from her? Because you're, you're you're a rapist. <laughs> <laughs> and also your music sucks. So like, calm the fuck down. Like, not great. Take, take all the seats, my dude, because nobody wants to give you kisses. Ben Harper, we have reserved this entire <laughs> auditorium for you. For you. Please sit your butt in all the seats. Because they're all for you. This show, for you. The auditorium of sit the fuck down. <laughs> I have literally never heard this song before in my it. entire life until now. And frankly, I don't I mean, now that is what I call music <laughs> that I have never heard before. <laughs> <laughs> and frankly, I don't think I ever needed to hear it. But Ben Harper plays the kind of music that I just cannot get into or relate to. Ooh, like that Jack Johnson kind of like John Mayer stuff that you hate. Oh, just wait. Oh, no. It's music for the dude who wears a wool hat all year round. (laughs) The I play frisbee golf and sit under a tree and play Crash by Dave Matthews Band on my acoustic guitar kind of guy that everyone knows in college. I am so... Far on the other end of the lifestyle spectrum that I may as well be on another planet. I honestly don't know shit about this song. I couldn't find anything about it. Oh, I'm not that surprised. But I do know that Ben Harper has been a longtime activist speaking out against police brutality against black people well before 2020. Okay. Which I respect him for. All right. All right. I rescind my comment about... You being the R word. I can be... But this isn't a great song, Ben. I can respect him as a person. Yes, you're a respectful human. I do not respect him as a musician. Your songs aren't great, sir. They're terrible. Despite that, he can't get away from one very sad and upsetting fact. Oh, no. He's responsible for Jack Johnson. Oh, he's responsible for Jack Johnson. He discovered Jack Johnson and gave his producers one of Jack's demo tapes, eventually getting him a gig as Ben's opening act. And that is unforgivable. I kind of like a couple of Jack Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's like he is like the godfather of the Jack Johnson bullshit theory of or approach to music. Like that it's just like a guy and a guitar and he's like, I'm just going to wear a wool cap and have a, you know what, we're going to smoke a bowl. It's easy breezy all day, man. We're just on the beach having a good time with my acoustic guitar. I got my Birkenstocks. I got my wool hat. I got my cargo shorts. You are on the complete opposite spectrum of that. So the fucking magnificent opposite of that. And I'm okay with that. That you know is what? like, yeah, that is you like live your, your life. zodiac opposite <laughs> yes. is is Jack Johnson. I bet they're Geminis. All, every single one of them. Jason Mraz, Jack Johnson. Is that your zodiac ben, opposite? I don't know. I just feel like it is. Oh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> or Cancer. Cancer. They're all Cancers. That, that doesn't sound great. Sorry. Can- <laughs> cancers are fucking crazy. You don't know. There aren't a whole lot of them, but if you meet a Cancer, they're fucking nuts. They are a little wacky. <laughs> little wacky. Little wacky. I like them because they're water signs like me. Yeah. But also, fun fact, 
Ben Harper was married to Laura Dern for a long time. Ooh, get it. They have two children together. Get it. Also, he's still a very good looking oh, man. He's an attractive. I'm looking. I looked at his picture. He's an attractive gentleman. Quite attractive. He does I'm, the right thing as a human being. Just your music's yeah. not great, sir. I'm sorry. I am 100% sexualizing most of the men on Now 4. You know However, what? I feel like I have kind of the okay to do that. Because not the okay, we, they, but Because the right. pretty much all of the women on this have been sexualized. Exactly. For better or worse. Exactly. Mm. Anyway. And I'm going to keep doing it until the very end, so You whatever. know what? You know, I can't wait for you to sexualize this next one. Who's the next? Wait, who's the next? Oh, one? yeah. You're going to sexualize this real no! good. <laughs> Welcome to Smash Mouth. No! Then the morning comes. And the world's a I realized, I'm like, oh, this is just Walking on the Sun, part two. <laughs> it really is just Walking on the Sun with a better chorus, I would say. I, I like don't... the chorus. I like the chorus part. Everything surrounding the choruses is just awful. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Smash Mouth, some of their songs are like, and they, they, they wrote them this way, they are like catchy. They're boppy. They're 60s surfer inspired alternative rock, which right. was popular. Especially back in the, like the early aughts. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I get it. It's like it was what it was. <sighs> Another legendary hit from Smash Mouth. Yeah. But can it really hold <laughs> up to its predecessor, All Star? Nothing can hold a candle to All Star. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. It is. Was you ain't the sharpest tool in shed. I do feel like I'm I not. You, say you didn't right. say real English. <laughs> I, didn't you didn't say say, I was going to just let you have it. <laughs> no, I, I will call myself out on that. I didn't say real words. That's all right. You know what? We It's now. <laughs> you know what? Neither does Smash Mouth. That's what Smash Mouth is for. Truth. So the song was written by guitarist Greg Camp, who was inspired after their first tour. He wrote this as a way to describe their crazy yet repetitive antics that they would get up to while on the road. Like, oh man, I totally like stuck my balls in this door. I don't know. I made that up. Like crazy antics that you get on the road, man. Like I licked a camel. I don't know. (laughs) Where did you get a camel? I'm just making all of this up. I don't think any of this really happened. This probably all sounds more exciting than what actually happened. They're all just docking. They're all just docking. (laughs) They're just stopping. That's not crazy. All. That's like super normal. Come on. <laughs> it is. <laughs> this is the second single off their second album, Astro Lounge. It peaked at number 11, not quite in the top 10, but still pretty successful for a very bland song. It would be called Astro Lounge. These fucking fucks. <laughs> yes, these fucking fucks. <laughs> The music video was bland cheese as well, with yep. lead singer Steve Harwell trying to woo a girl but continually finding himself in embarrassing situations, only to wake up to find that it was a nightmare. He just needs his spiritual brother, Guy Fieri, to help him. 
And then, like, his spiritual cousin, um, Sammy Hagar. Yeah. Oh. The trifecta of we're not getting laid tonight. <laughs> the Cabo Wabo trifecta. <laughs> Uh, All Star meets Cabo Wabo meets Flavor Town equals you're not getting late tonight. <laughs> Powers combined to dried up vagina. <laughs> Powers combined and you've become Ben Shapiro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, finally at the end, he does get the girl and they both because they both ended up wearing polka dot pajamas to a oh bar. Mm. Don't go to the bar if you're going to wear pajamas. I mean, you've, you've clearly given up. <laughs> and a little tidbit, his girlfriend is played by 1995's March Playboy Playmate, Stacey Sanchez. Girl, he's never going to fuck. Exactly. She she cute. I was like, dude, you, you're never. No. This is not realistic. You watch the video and you're like, no, honey. Honey, no. You can't I... even land her saying you're the lead singer of Smash Mouth. <laughs> Oh no. Oh no. Like that's like against you, sir. Sir. Well, let's keep this bland train of going. Yeah. Choo choo, motherfucker. Let's keep this train going. I get it. I get it. Cause we're next on the list is trains meet Virginia. That is, that is, Train is the Jeff of fucking bands. Yeah. Did they sing Hey Soul Sister? Was that yes. them too? I believe Spotify so. con- continuously tries to be like, you like this song, right? And I'm like, no. In what world? I've never even listened Wait, to no, this. Wait, no, that's not Train. You know what? It doesn't is matter. It? It's the same band. I don't give band. a shit who it is. It's a terrible song anyway. Let's talk about the shit song. Let's keep moving. Shit storm that is a mediocre rock song. So this was a song that started it all for Train, kickstarting their career of making bland, basic bitch rock songs. Yet despite how generic the songs are, they are also earworms. Wait, I thought Drops of Jupiter was their first song. It was not. It was this one. Huh. Well, shit. Yeah. For years, people have speculated who Virginia is. Who is Virginia? Did they actually meet her? Who is she? Who is that girl? (laughs) Was there some special lady in lead singer Pat Monahan's life that she's modeled after? Or is it the state? Was one of the band members pining over a secret lover? Or was it the state? (laughs) The state of Virginia. Virginia is for lovers, so... Mm. Shrug emoji. (laughs) Well, Pat Monahan answered the question via Twitter a few years ago. Virginia is, quote, real parts of a real woman that make up a woman that I've always wanted to meet. Clears it right up. (laughs) I know. I know. My face is not appropriate for an audio medium. Yeah. However, what? That... That explained nothing. This man can straight go fuck himself. (laughs) But in other words, 
Virginia is his manic pixie girl wet dream. This whole song is just a description of a manic pixie girl. And that infuriates me. I'm so mad right now. I can't even be more mad. Like, I can't be more mad. How? Like, that's exactly what this song is. And I, I fucking hate it. <laughs> You're like so angry you can't be physically angry. No, I'm just, I'm just like I'm stewing so tired. in it. I'm so tired. I have a lot going on. <laughs> like, it's and this been a just day. like. And then, like, this motherfucker walks in this fucking this, life. This motherfucker right here. Yes. Comes in. Yes. With this fucking song. Yes. And is like, hey, meet Virginia. Who doesn't really exist. And who couldn't exist. Because I made her up and she's not a real person. And everything I wrote about her in this song, like, one woman just can't embody. But you know what? It's fucking adorable. Man, could you imagine if a girl like this did exist, though? Like, I hope... She would be fucking insane. And you know what? That's not fair to put on a woman. No, it's not. Stop putting that on women. That's why this song is bullshit. Because this whole song is like, hey, look at this girl. She's crazy, but she's also sensitive. She's manic depressive, but also she's just depressed. Like, like, you can't have it both ways, dude. Meet some bullshit. <laughs> That's what this song should be renamed. Meet some bullshit. Or meet a figment of my imagination. I it's don't want to meet a figment of any part of your being. Yeah, because sure. based on this song alone, your ideal woman not only doesn't exist, but can exist because she will just implode on herself. Yeah. But that makes her so quirky. <laughs> oh, my God. But no, stop it with the manic pixie girl bullshit because it is so unhealthy. Stop being a fucking friend zone incel. Just be your own person. Women aren't like that. Yeah. But also, this is the other song that had a video with that was based around a waitress. In a diner. Oh, was she a manic pixie fairy girl waitress? Yeah, she got a... First of all, it was actress Rebecca Gayhart. I don't know who that is, and I don't she, care. She was in a bunch of stuff. She, I think she was in... Was she in Wild Things? She might have been in Wild Things. But she was also in uh, Scream, maybe? But definitely in Jawbreaker. I know she was in Jawbreaker, <laughs> for sure. I have no idea. She was. She was one of the 90s girls. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but she got a job as a waitress in a diner. She worked for one day. She just had a fucking blast. She played with children. She got hit on and the cook saved her from it. And then at the end of the day, she was like, here's my pen and paper. I am just done. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. The three waitress scenarios that we have discussed this evening. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. Sonique. Mm-hmm. Virginia, uh-huh. quote unquote. <laughs> the two white girls live this magical, mystical, amazing life outside of being a waitress. They are the, the man black girl. Is like legit is like living a, a waitress life and like fantasizing about having a better life. Oh, but she doesn't. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Catch me outside. How, How about, about that? that? <laughs> Speaking of like an interesting. Woman of color that I would like to discuss. There's some interestingness behind oh, yeah. her story. Absolutely. 
Let's go to my next song, which is Macy Gray's I Try, which, wow, this is a fucking 90s jam. Brings me back. I may seem all right and smile when you leave, but my smile's up just up front, just up front. Macy Gray. Huh? I do. Huh? I do. Huh? It's probably only for this song. Kinda. I know she had another song. I'd be fucked if I remembered it. Mm, can't pull it out of your butt. Out of my butt. Nope. Can't pull it up out of my butt. And that's no shade on her. Mm-mm. Like, girl's got a beautiful voice. She has a great style. She just fell victim to the one hit wonderdom. I was gonna say, I feel like she'd been done dirty. To an extent. I think like the 90s dirtiness that befell most women. And also I think she was probably ahead of her time. Oh, and yeah. Because think about like how much world we was, love retro pop now. Yeah, the world was not ready for her. And I no. think she would have been better if she came out like within the last 10 years. Yeah, I think she would have been a better like 2010s artist. Definitely. Like and she would have had more success. And she is weird as fuck. Yeah. And I think she would have been done better if she was able to express that weirdness instead of trying to make her be conventional. Well, and that's what makes this, like, in what I was just talking about before, like, what makes her interesting. Yes. So, like, I will say in Europe, she still had some success beyond this single. Right. Europe totally dug her. But the music itself was written by producers, but the lyrics were Macy's own. Okay. They were a reflection of the real-life pain she was going through as her and her husband were making their way through a divorce. Oh. Yeah. It conveys how much she just wants to be strong and leave him, but how difficult that this proves to be. Mm -hmm. The song itself is actually pretty different from the rest of her work, though. While this is soft and sweet... Macy herself is much more funky and gritty than what is on display here. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, she's much more unique. She's much more funky. And, like, she, yes, she was before her time. Yeah. Because, like, that funky retro pop shit that's so popular now, that's what she was yeah. doing. And I feel like the record companies were like, no, do more I try. Yes. So she didn't even want to release this as a single. And she didn't even fucking get why the label was like, no, nah, no, nah, we got to do this as a single. And she's like, it's not that good of a song, guys. This yeah. isn't my best work. And even the music video was something she didn't really enjoy making. It was one of the few times she just shut up and let other people make choices for her. She didn't like her hair. She didn't like her outfit. She didn't really like much of anything that was going on in it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that soft, subtle way that she was acting. That's not necessarily not her, but that's not how she wants to portray herself in her like debut single. But you could tell that she was holding back yes her true personality yes 100 percent. like you could see like she's like a fun quirky little chick in there and they're like yeah no 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 you'll scare everyone away because you're black i mean because you're scary everyone <laughs> away because you're so talented I, talented <laughs> you know they were thinking it absolutely okay i just want to make sure i'm just mad but if you think about it you know they really did kind of say that without saying it because yes she 
presented as a, I don't know how to say it, but like a a more natural black person than like Aaliyah or somebody like that. Oh because yeah, because she just wasn't wearing a ton of makeup. She wasn't she just wearing had a ton of makeup. Hair, like, she had natural, natural hair. hair. She wasn't super skinny. She wasn't super toned or anything she like that. She wasn't wearing like she was wearing just like regular clothes. I actually right. did like her outfit a lot in this. Even though she didn't like it, I liked her outfit a lot in this. Um but I think she was just more into that funk like suit soul kind of look. Yeah. And people didn't know how to respond to that because they wanted to see black pop singers as kind of white. And you know what? I feel like they were trying to make her into the manic pixie girl in this Absolutely. video. Absolutely. Absolutely. They didn't want to see her as the like black queen that she was. Yes, and that she she just oh my god, like just the presence that she conveys even though she's trying to be subdued. Yeah. It's like Nah, like you can you tell, can tell this there girl was something more to her. Holds than... a stage, yeah, 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 one hundred percent. But in the end, she ended up being wrong and glad for it. As far as like not thinking the song was going to go anywhere because mm-hmm. it was a GD hit played on all the airwaves. It reached number five in the Billboard Top One Hundred and won the Grammy for Best Female Vocal Pop Performance. I feel like I first heard it on like an Apple commercial. Or something. Oh, I remember seeing the music video. I definitely remember seeing the commercial first. Oh, I, Whatever I don't commercial, remember the commercial it was on. I was like, oh, this is a really good song. And then very shortly afterwards, I started seeing it on MTV. Mm. I don't remember commercial, but I definitely remember the video. And for what it's worth, Macy still makes music, but often more in a collaborative sense now. She's worked with the likes of the Black Eyed Peas. No, for better or worse. For better or worse. But then she's worked with Galactic, Ariana Grande, and Dolly Parton. So anyway, now comes the time. The time. For my final track on this album. Which is better than mine. Go for it. Which I will have a lot to say about. She does. This is This Time Around by Hanson. She's got the look. That is not. That was that is like an hour ago. I know, but inquiring minds want to know. It's it's. She's got the look by Roxette that I was. If thinking if of. you're confused, what we're talking about, go back an hour to the Savage Garden uh, song. Yeah, she's got the look. She's got the look. <laughs> like that's just I. Sing but anyway, exactly the same. Yeah. Anyways, this is Hanson. This is Hanson. So. <laughs> Isaac Taylor and Zach, better known as Hanson. Better known as Ashley's favorite band growing up. Forever. Hearts all around. (laughs) 
were those sweet cherub-faced band of babies that squeaked out the hit song Mbop back in 1997. And most of us thought at least one of them was, was a, girl. a girl. Yes, at least one of them. They were key figures in the boy band craze, helping to usher in the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, but they had a leg above the competition. Because they could play their own instruments? They could actually write their own music and play their own instruments. Okay, cool. But once those boy bands blew up, Hanson seemed to fade into the background, discrediting a repertoire that is so much better than you think it is. <laughs> I feel like I'm just being like, was it multi-marketed? I'm, I'm are you putting an MLM. Are you like, MLMing me right now with Hanson? <laughs> kind of. Like, I'm, I'm really trying to convince people that Hanson are legit. <laughs> <laughs> I just like that they have a beer called M-Hops. They do. They have their own craft beer. They have their own brewery. I mean, it's I, called M-Hops. But now that I know that they're <laughs> evangelicals, I'm like, I don't know. We'll, All right. We'll, I'll, we'll get there. We can talk about that. I'm just going to drink my beer. Second. You tell me about mm-hmm. Hanson. The strength of Mbop propelled their major label debut album, Middle of Nowhere, to number two on the U.S. charts and the top ten around the world. But once Middle of Nowhere came and went, Hansen's popularity waned, but as evidenced by this time around, they definitely didn't disappear. Hansen continued making music, and I'm going to say it, it was damn good music. I mean, this is a good song. And they continued to make music throughout the 2000s, and it was really good. No, this piano, soulful AF. All of it's soulful AF. <laughs> but they never managed to keep the... Momentum going. Uh-huh. See what I did there? I see it. This time around was a moderate hit, but their label really dicked them hard. It was around this time that Hanson's label, Mercury Records, was bought out by Island Def Jam. Island Def Jam then basically gave Hanson the hard pass and pulled funding for the promotion of their second album, also called This Time Around. Oh, wow. So unless you were a fan already, you barely would have known that they released a new album. And those that did know weren't so happy that the brothers had grown up and had a more adult sound. And they no longer looked like girls. They still kind of look like girls, though. But no, I knew they were boys now. But also, (laughs) like, two years after this album came out, Taylor was married and had a kid. Woof, what? He was like 19. That's too young. So young. Honey. But also they're evangelical Christians. So. <sighs> Those that did know weren't so happy that the brothers had grown up. But that was the point of the album and the song in particular. This wasn't cute gibberish kitty songs anymore. This time around they were doing things their way. Oh. That included breaking from the record label and releasing this time around on their own dime. Oh, shit. So they released this whole album on their own, with their own money. So this wasn't released through Island Def Jam? It was not. They went through a three-year lawsuit trying to get out of their contract. That's why it took so long between Middle of Nowhere and this time around to be released, because there were three years of legal battles to try and get out of their contract with Island Def Jam. Wow. And... You know, in the meantime, Island Def Jam was like, no, we're just not going to no, give you any like, promotion. No, because, like, Hanson is not what Island Def Jam wants to put out. So exactly. Why? But, like, they could have been, but at the same time, Hanson was like, we're not Backstreet Boys. We're not in sync. No. We write our own stuff. We want to have control over our own music. That, that's what I mean. Like, they're not 
going to fit that mold. Right. They're not. And they didn't want to. They and there were also other opportunities where like Taylor could have gone out and had a solo run himself and been very successful. But Mm -hmm. he didn't do that because he wanted to stay with the band and do their own thing and make their own music. So there is a very clear progression from Mbop to the last album that they released in 2018. Oh, wow. Which the album they released in 2018 was called String Theory, hmm. where they reworked a lot of their songs with um, a Philharmonic okay, symphony. Like, you know, <laughs> you bitch, you know, I am a sucker for that shit. Listen to it. It's good. I'm going to be it's mad the really whole time. You're going to be so angry. This is really good. And <laughs> actually, maybe listen is going to like it. Because I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for an orchestra. Yeah. And also, they are really good musicians. They know they how are. to write a good fucking song. They have some fucking jams from the yeah. last 10, 15 years. 20 years, even. Because it's been, it's been 20 years since... Well, 23 years since Middle of Nowhere came out. 23 years. 23 years. A whole fucking adult. (laughs) But yeah. That album can almost rent a car. It it can maybe buy some cigarettes and some porn. It can definitely buy cigarettes and porn. Yeah. Good for that album. Also, it can vote. But also, they look fucking good. They aged superbly like a fine wine they're our age right yeah uh taylor is a few months older than me oh, okay yeah they're our age and uh zach is three months younger isaac is three months three years older that that doesn't make sense zach is three years that <laughs> makes years way more sense younger isaac is three years older that's okay I'm sorry all um, right <laughs> whoo I was like, I know I'm bad at math, but that don't math right. But all of them aged quite well. And uh, they look good with beards and crow's feet is all I can say. All right. I guess we'll bookmark that for later. We can Google image search that when we're done. But until then, we can finish up with my last song, which doesn't. Oh, no. This is a terrible this note to end this. This is not the best note to end on. They were like, I guess this is rock. Sure, we'll put a rock song on this. Here you go, Blink-182. All the small things. Come home. Work sucks. I know. She left me roses by the stairs. Surprises let me know she cares. Now closes its fourth installment with an iconic song of the late 90s, early aughts, when punk was now the mainstream hit and all the preppies were now clued into your favorite band, meaning they were officially over for you. Can we do a ripperoni? Ripperoni, Blink-182. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I really liked Dude Ranch. When I was in high school. I I got Enema of the State, I'm pretty sure, from like the BMG or Columbia House <laughs> 10 for a penny 10 deal. Um, and it, it was all 
right, but it didn't get me into pop punk at all. It, if anything, it made me realize that I was not a mm. pop punk person. You were no pop punk princess. Definitely not. That's fair. Well, this is textbook pop punk. It is. <laughs> a catchy hook sung by the nasally croon of Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge. really opened his mouth a lot when he sang. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. He really needed to enunciate the nas. Oh my god, he enunciated the enunciation. <laughs> I believe in aliens, and I know they're out there. I'm gonna quit the band. And that's no Go on YouTube, then you'll see the videos. <laughs> Oh my God. The U.S. said that they were real. <laughs> so, <coughs> wow, really got off topic there. This song, yes, he had actually written for his then girlfriend, I guess now wife. Oh, um, and overall, like, sweet sentiment to have for your significant other. I guess she really believes in aliens too. Oh, you have to if you're going to be married to Tom DeLonge. Oh my God. God bless her. For what it's worth, it's actually kind of refreshing to hear a guy be sappy about a woman and not because she's some some unattainable sex object or out of his league. Oh, Blink-182 were the sensitive loners. I mean, they were. Well, I don't know if they were. Were they the loners or just sensitive? I I feel like Green Day were the sensitive loners and Blink-182 were the sensitive, like, silly guys. But, like, they were... But they were loners in the sense that they were too shy they were too shy to go up to a girl They're and be like, shy, shy, hush, hush, <laughs> What's with all these fucking songs with words that don't make sense? Anyway, like, maybe we should give them a little bit more credit, except what the fuck, like, does it mean to go on my little windmill? What? Those are the words. <laughs> I will go on my little windmill. I don't know. Right? Is, is his girlfriend Dutch? I don't oh, know. Oh, she might be. Oh my god, is that his nickname for her? She's my little windmill. Please don't ever call me your little windmill. Especially you, because you hate windmills. I do? Well, you hate the ones in Massachusetts that look like aliens. Oh, those fucking War of the Worlds bullshit things? Yeah, no. Fuck those windmills. Those three-pronged crazy machines. You hate those. Anyway, the Roses by the Stairs are based on an actual incident that happened with his girlfriend... But the nanas, those were because he legit couldn't think of lyrics and he left them in as an ode to the Ramones. Did he or did he just not have lyrics? And then he was like, oh, no, it's a it's a Ramones thing. Can it be both? Sure. (laughs) That was his bullshit excuse. And he stuck with it. Yeah, I'm down with I'm down with that. The motivation for the music, though, was strictly based on the fact that he knew the label was going to expect him to write some catchy single jingle, basically. Single jingle. Single jingle. (laughs) This was Blink's highest reaching single on the Billboard Top 100 charts. It was a total hit on the radio airwaves, and you really couldn't get away with it. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like you still can't. Like, how many 90s things do you go to, and you're like... How many 2000 things you go to and you're like, na 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 na? How many things are today? And you're like, na na. This isn't even a recent song, you fuckers. I kind of feel like I turn on the classic rocks, 
radio station and it's na 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 What did I do to deserve this? <laughs> like Blink-182, Green Day, and Matchbox 20 are the contemporary quote-unquote artists that classic rock stations continuously I'll play. let Matchbox 20 have it. I will let them have it because I, I love, love Rob Thomas! Thomas. <laughs> God, I love Rob Thomas. Um, helping this song more than anything, though, was MTV's desire to have the infamous music video on constant rotation. Yep. In it, they make fun of classic boy band videos from the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, 98 Degrees. Even, like, some Britney Spears is spiced in there. Because they're the funny band. They're funny. They're funny. You know what's funny, though? (laughs) Interesting enough. In years past... Some critics do bring up the irony of them spoofing on all these famous pop acts whose popularity they would eventually match. Mm-hmm. They would soon become a famous pop act in their own right by uh, making fun of pop acts. Honestly, they could be considered a boy band, too. I, they could. But then Tom In left. the likes of Hanson. But I like Hanson more. I like Hanson more. And I don't... <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not even like a Hanson fan. I just I like Dude Ranch. It's like all of Blink-182 I like. Yeah. Before they were like pop punk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Adam's song was good, but everyone was so scared that it was going to make all us teenagers kill ourselves. Oh, please. Like, really? A song's not going to do that. Pitch, mom had... and dad. Sorry, mom and dad. I had nine inch nails. I was going to yeah. kill myself to some legit music. Yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to throw on Hurt before I try and... Take all the pills in the excuse medicine me. cabinet. Excuse me. Excuse, excuse me. me. <laughs> um, I'm not listening to Adam's song to kill myself or no. cut myself. I'm listening to Hurt. Yeah. Get with it. We laugh, but also, it's real. It's real. Yeah, it's a real thing, guys. It's fine. It's hard. It's hard to be a human. Ugh. Wow, we just got way too real. <laughs> Sorry. Well, that was the end of it anyway. It was. We have a... We have a floor full of cans of alcohol and, and notes, notes on now. That's what I call music for. We talk for an extremely long time about it. Thank you guys so much for sticking <laughs> in with us. Thanks for sticking in with us, even though we're not, you know, putting out as much content as we normally do. But and also weird. And also <laughs> apparently not putting out the mail that we should be putting out. I would blame I, the Postal Service. I'm pretty sure we're going to defund them. It'll be fine. Yeah. It, we we don't just, need to give them money. We can just blame them. It's totally my fault, but I'm putting it on the USPS. But whatever. It's fine. We don't need them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hate UPS. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. We'll get those out as soon as I can fucking remember. Because, guys, I'm old and I have no memory anymore. So Just set a reminder on your phone. <laughs> oh, we'll bookmark oh, that in cute. between Savage Garden and Roxat. Yes, right? Yeah, it'll All be right. fine. It'll be fine. I'll, I will get them out. I promise. I I did forget about them, but I didn't forget about them. She remind she remembers it very like infrequently, and then when she does, it's like it's like a it's like a wave of emotions. When I do remember, <laughs> it is the most inconvenient time when I cannot just go and box them up like two hours ago inconvenient yeah yeah yep yep yep. that's me that's ashley anyway thanks for listening guys we appreciate you we appreciate you know you existing and living and putting up with our bullshit 
Yeah. That's really cool. And yeah. also all of your reviews. We got a yeah. very lovely review. We got a lovely review. Um, we got a shitty review. And I mean, honestly, you <laughs> it know It balances what? each other I out. honestly sometimes I'm like, you know what? I like the shitty reviews because I'm like, you know <laughs> it's what? It's fun. Thanks. Thanks. Apparently, like, we're snarky and we repeat the same <laughs> things and we have too many digressions. And you know what? You're right. We do. We but do. that means we're not for you, and that's yeah. okay. But also, like, if we're not for you, you don't have to give us a one-star review. You can just but say, you know well, this what? wasn't for me. Or just in your head say, well, this wasn't for me. You don't have to seek us out on Apple iTunes or whatever, Apple Podcasts, yeah. and be like, one star is too snarky. We're not We're not big enough. We're not big enough for that. But uh, hey, thanks, Running Path, for being proud of us. Yeah. We appreciate that. We're proud of you, too. It's all New Zealand you. shit. Look at us. People like us. <laughs> we have fans Gosh, in other countries. It. People like us. That's and nice. If you, this is the first time you're listening and you're into it, go to our website, www.rockkatypodcast.com, and we've got other episodes. You might like those. We have other now episodes, and they're all delightful. They're all a good time. Yeah, we've done two. This is our third one. This is our third one. Yeah, we are. Really doing those up. Yeah. And if you are into the music podcast, go visit our network, the Pantheon Podcast Network, f- chock full, the MTV of music podcasts. There's not going to be any music videos, but that's fine because that's not a medium that people our age do anymore. Unless you do TikTok. But we that's... need to get a TikTok. No, we don't. Okay. We're no, not getting we're not a TikTok. But what we what we would like is your monies. Money, so please. If you want to give us some monies, you can head on to patreon.com slash rockcandypodcast and you can sign up for some monthly donations. Yep. And we can allegedly give you things in return. Actually, we'll give them to you eventually. I will eventually. Just, just when they answer US her these questions three. <laughs> You'll get your swag indeed if you answer me these riddles three. Ooh. Now I feel like you should come up with riddles, though. <laughs> uh, but you will get a bonus episode no matter what. Which yeah, will come absolutely. out probably next week. Yep. And beep, yep. Oh, my God. It's already almost September. I know. Oh, my God. Summer's almost over. Guys. Summer. I don't even know what that means anymore. It's fine. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, hope you kids are staying safe, healthy. Happy, do what you can, rock on, all that jazz. And yeah, I don't remember what we're doing in next month. We'll be back in a couple weeks, and then I think we're going to go back to a more consistent schedule. Some weekly bullshit. I'm going through a move. We will be back with our bullshit after you're done moving into your new apartment. My new bougie apartment that has central air and you can like not die in the closet anymore. But uh, we will have a new studio. It's going to be weird. It is going to be weird. This might be the last time we record here. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> no, we'll do the Patreon here. I like the sweat box of a closet that we <laughs> record in. I got boob sweat. <laughs> There's a lot of boob sweat in this so closet. So much boob right sweat now. in this closet. You guys don't even know. Oh, all right. Thank you, kids. We'll be back next month, and we'll be back to consistency and all that fun stuff. But until yeah. then, uh, party on, Ashley. Party on, Maggie. And party on. Are you crazy kids out there? Waiting for tonight. Whoa! <laughs> Ghost Mariah Carey, is that you? <laughs> no, I'm just every 90s singer ever. 